Chapter Seventeen of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Asia by Frank Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Great Wall of China. We start northward today to see the Great Wall of China. We go upon donkeys, for it is only on them that we can travel over the mountains upon which the structure is built. We have learned something from our restless nights on the way to Peking and we carry along extra bedding to soften the brick floors of the inns. Our donkeys are not much larger than Newfoundland dogs. The saddles are blankets to which the iron rings, used as stirrups, are tied with ropes. The bridles have been added because we are foreigners. Chinese donkeys do not know the use of the bit, and the people seldom have bridles. The animals are directed this way and that by a blow on the neck with a club, or they may be driven by boys who run behind with sticks in their hands in addition to these little beasts we have several mule litters to which we can change when tired of the saddle the mule litter is a kennel-like box covered with cloth slung between two thick poles about thirty feet long the poles stick out in front and behind forming shafts which are bound to the sides of the mules and in which they go single file the litter is open in front it is furnished with blankets and we can lie down while we are jolted over the road. It takes us more than an hour to pass from the hotel in Peking to the gates of the city. Going through them, we find the road for a long distance lined with mat sheds and mud huts. We next cross bridges of marble and then reach the old highway from Peking to Mongolia, over which millions of dollars' worth of goods are carried each year. The feet of innumerable donkeys and tens of thousands of camels have cut up the earth so that the road has become little more than a wide ditch through the fields the rude carts have worn great hollows and ruts and we are often turned out of our way by pools of half liquid mud our animals get stuck in the mud up to their knees and they can make only three or four miles an hour in some places the road is so narrow that we are crowded out into the fields by the caravans of camels which in single file with soft velvety step move contemptuously along they are tied in companies of six by ropes fastened to sticks thrust through their noses about the neck of the last camel is a long iron bell as big around as a stovepipe which ding-dongs as he moves and announces to the mongolian driver that the section of his caravan is on the go each camel carries a box of brick tea strapped on each side his back and the boxes bob up and down as grumbling and whining he tramps sullenly on as we go farther north we meet more camels carrying coal in great bags we pass caravans of them almost a mile long and see them far away on the horizon forming a moving fence against the blue sky of north china we soon come to the hills and at last to the nankow pass over which the caravans cross the mountain range on their way to the north. This pass is the chief line of travel, and for more than ten generations it has been trodden by millions. It is one of the roughest roads of the world. On a trip to the Great Wall, I once met a foreigner who had attempted to go through in a cart. When he came to the mountains, he was forced to hire a camel, which carried the cart through on its back. Notwithstanding the roughness of the pass, a railroad has been built over it. This road starts at Peking 
and extends northward into mongolia the intention being that it will eventually connect with the trans-siberian railroad thus giving another trunk line from china to europe we pick our way in and out among the stones for fifteen miles stopped now and then by droves of black hogs and sheep with fat tails we wind along the bed of a stream and at last get our first sight of the great chinese wall many times we think we have reached it when a sharp turn shows that it is still miles in the distance we can see it cutting its way over the mountains climbing the peaks and crawling as it were up the hills at last we reach the gate that leads through into mongolia and going off to the side find an inclined roadway up which we ride on our donkeys to the top of the wall to explore this wonderful structure the great wall was built by the chinese as a defense against the invasions of the tartar hordes from the north it begins at the sea and runs over the mountains clear across the northern boundary of china proper just south of the vast provinces of manchuria and mongolia until it reaches the desert of gobi north of tibet in a straight line it is more than twelve hundred miles long and with its windings it measures all told a distance of about fifteen hundred miles it is about twenty-five feet wide and thirty feet high it is composed of a mass of stone and earth mixed together and faced with walls of slate-colored brick the interior being so packed down and filled in that throughout much of its eastern portion it is as solid as stone near the city of shan hui kwan on the edge of the yellow sea a part of the wall has been thrown down and i there found that the brick outer facing was about three feet in thickness the bricks are fifteen inches long seven inches wide and a little more than three inches thick one which i brought with me back to america weighs twenty-one pounds and five ounces the top of the great wall is paved with such bricks and upon its northern side throughout its entire length is a battlement behind which the chinese archers lay and shot at the tartars huge two-story and three-story towers are to be seen rising above the wall along a great part of it these towers are made of bricks similar to those just described they extend about forty feet above the top of the structure having many portholes through which one can see for miles over the country the wall is about ten feet narrower at the top than at the base but the top is so wide that the largest motor car could be easily ridden along its paved highway the great wall is just about as tall as a three-story house and its width is that of the average parlor now if you will imagine a solid line of three-story brick houses from fifteen to twenty feet wide built across the united states from new york to omaha you may have some idea of the size of the great chinese wall it would be far easier however for us to build such a line of houses than it was for the chinese to construct their mighty fortification our building line would cross new jersey and pennsylvania and cut the rolling plains of ohio indiana illinois and iowa where water is plentiful where there is much clay for brick and where the railroads could be used for carrying the materials this mighty structure was built right over the mountains it climbs the steepest of crags and in one place crosses a peak more than five thousand feet high in some parts there is no clay within thirty miles of it and many of the hills are so steep that the chinese had to tie the bricks 
to the backs of sheep and goats in order to get them up to the builders the bricks were molded by hand and as there are but few cattle or horses in china every foot of the wall was made without the aid of machinery the chinese historians say that it took an army of three hundred thousand men to protect the builders and that millions were employed in the construction they state also that the wall was begun and completed within the short space of ten years as we stand upon it we are impressed with the civilization these people must have had in those long ago days the great wall was built when our own ancestors were roaming through europe living in huts and sleeping on straw it was erected seventeen hundred years before america was discovered when rome was still a republic and none of the great nations of europe had yet come into existence end of chapter seventeen